Hello and welcome to episode number 193. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. Uh, we are without Colin tonight. Probably not on purpose. We're actually kind of late in recording this in the night. <laughs> you, you think that ninja came down his stairs and, and, and got, got him, him finally? He's actually, yeah, his, his throat's been slit. He's in front of his webcam with his sideways podcast hat on, just... Twitching? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not twitching. He's podcasting. That wouldn't be funny if it were true. So. <laughs> yeah, here's hoping it's not true, Colin. Hey, um, we want to thank everyone. Um, if you haven't seen the pictures yet uh, with uh, the Giving Grinch, the cosplay uh, for charity event, you really should. They're up on Facebook. They're up on their site. There are a lot of people that came out, uh, and some of them were just incredible. There's a great video of one of the cosplayers dressed as Elsa singing Let It Go to these little girls who just look like their heads are going to pop with joy. <laughs> Normally we don't do the whole squee news so early in the show, but it's Christmas, which is mainly a holiday for kids. I think, um, in a good way, the event, I think just went absolutely gangbusters. We have all sorts of pride for Dollface and Colin and all the other people at the geek girl squad of Salt Lake and the cosplay for charity event planners. It just went really, really well. Um, if you still are interested in donating, you can, uh, I believe their GoFundMe is still going. Yep. Yep. It, it still is. And of course you can also contact Dollface at dollface at stolen droids.com. If you're interested in other types of donations or anything, you may want to just drop by or send in any other way. Cause I know not everyone, trusts crowdfunding and that's fine but uh, please do so um we're already into december here so the sooner the better um we want to give a shout out to our friends a little bit different this time uh we, we're on multiple radio stations now so we want to give a shout out to all of them if you're listening to us uh we're glad to have you if you aren't listening to us that way or if you want to find other ways that we are you can also find us on stitcher.com itunes uh tune in radio pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast we're there. And if you have any other questions on uh, other times that we might be there, head on over to StolenDroids.com and take a look at our other shows as well. Now, uh, we have some feedback. Uh, feedback from episode 192, last week's show. Uh, first feedback comes from David, uh, and it just simply says, IBC is my favorite. I, that came out of left field. I I really didn't consider IBC, but that is a good one. You know, I actually... Irritable bowel I condition? Or? No, 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 no. The IBC root beer. The one that comes oh. in a bottle looks like a beer bottle? Yeah. When I lived in South Africa, we found root beer was very tough to come by, and we found some shop that sold IBC root beer, and went and bought like every case of it that they had. It was not one of my prouder moments. However, I had root beer for like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I do like IBC, but I still think Barks is better. A and W is the best. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> A and W is the best. However, I have to admit, um, there's a there's a local place here in Utah called Wasatch Brewery. They normally make normal beers, but they do also make a, a root beer called Brigham's Brew, and it is really good. Is good it one. is really really good, and I have to be careful because it also comes in brown bottles, and I will pop them open in the car as I'm driving, drinking root beer, <laughs> but it doesn't look like that's what I'm doing. I, I've only tasted the that one once because they're ginger ale is to die for. I all I always get the ginger ale when I go to Wasatch Brewery. So uh, you know, right, what it, are you, a senior citizen? <laughs> yes. Yes I am. I'm I'm nearly thirty five years old. I'm I discovered <laughs> it too when they served it to me at the VA. It was amazing. Um 
if you're wondering why the crap we're talking about root beer on this show, go back and listen to episode number 192. I kind of jokingly asked people to send feedback on what their favorite type of root beer was. David's is evidently IBC. Awesome. We also got feedback from Ruff. Uh, Ruff is an old familiar and a, uh, a faithful listener. We always appreciate it. Says, hi, guys. There are a lot of comments that warrant a good, strong bit of feedback. But Dr. Squishy beat me to nearly all of them. Yeah, he's good at that. <laughs> However, one, surprised you didn't comment on the new Jurassic Park trailer. Ruff, it's oh, yeah. Jurassic World. Don't, don't embarrass us. <laughs> they really should have someone in the movie say to the scientists, didn't you see the movie about what happens when you bring dinosaurs back to life? Uh, two, in regards to favorites, I would have watched the favorites during the Thanksgiving long weekend, as recommended by Zook, but I didn't get the podcast till the weekend was over. Cheers, Ruff. Okay, Ruff, if you're new to the show, if you've never listened to the show before, our shows come out Monday morning. Which means that Ruff is being a bit of a smartass because I mentioned that you should t- check out our favorites during the weekend, not realizing that this show wouldn't be airing until after the weekend was over. So thank you. We Ruff. watched it during the weekend. So way to yeah, let our us. listeners down. <laughs> I I don't think four dimensionally real well here. Okay. <laughs> If you are new to the show, we record these on Thursday night. So right now it is Thursday, uh, December 4th. This show will go up on the site. When is that? 8th? 8th. Yeah, the 8th. So if everything sounds a little bit behind, that would be why. Um, As for Jurassic World, uh, I, I I can only sum up my thoughts on Jurassic World with one sentence. You may be cool. But you'll never be Chris Pratt riding a motorcycle with his Velociraptor posse cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, um, I really enjoyed the Jurassic World trailer. It brought back all the giddiness that I remember from watching the original Jurassic Park in the 90s. So I liked it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. I have high hopes for it. But, you know, it seems to me like it's going to be very much like the first one. Mm-hmm. Only mm-hmm, yeah. they've actually opened the park instead of pre-opened the park so t-rex eats the lawyer and then the line of 50 children behind him yeah yeah and perhaps a caterer yeah you know housekeeping staff yeah that works here's what i want to i understand that in these movies you have the big evil scientist corporation who just want to play god and how that's never a good idea and ruff is right at some point someone has to turn to these people and say hey didn't you see that insert title of any movie here where this was a bad idea (laughs) <laughs> okay, we could make fun of the other Jurassic Park movies, but really this concept has been around since sci-fi movies started. Man plays God, gets his hand bitten for it. Right? right. Off, yeah. Which is why you shouldn't play God. Right. But also, I'd like to point out another thing in how incredibly unrealistic these movies are. Okay, let's assume that they somehow managed to clone dinosaurs. Okay, sure. Why not? It's a movie. Let's assume that they managed to get this entire resort running out here in the middle of an ocean. Sure. Why not? It's like sandals. The resort, not footwear. Okay? (laughs) You know, sure, there's weirder things that happen. But if a corporation is running a resort, you know what they don't do? They don't dump a billion dollars into splicing a new species that is completely untested and potentially disastrous to their cash cow. They're trying to recoup costs at this point. 
Okay. Instead, what they're doing is they're scheduling, they're doubling up the schedules for the Triceratops tour, and they're overbooking the Tyrannosaurus experience. And you know that little gyro hamster ball thing that they're riding around in? Yeah. They're putting those on a monorail track so you can't go everywhere. They're trying to get as many people through the park as possible. They're trying to hide all the Dilophosaurus deaths that happened because of the zookeeper mishap that happened last year, like a normal zoo would. Wow, that got dark. (laughs) (laughs) The thing you never see happen at the Henry Dorley Zoo in Omaha or the San Diego Wildlife Experience or SeaWorld, we have all these wild animals and we rely on this money to keep the park open. I know. Let's splice Shamu with a hammerhead shark and see what happens. No, they don't do that. They make a crappy Shamu foam hat, sell it to kids for 20 bucks a pop and try and make their money that way. Yes. What he said. Yeah. Admittedly, it's much more dolphin tail than it is Jurassic Park, but it's much more realistic that way. <laughs> Good point. I, I'm finding it really hard to argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what would happen if we spliced Pluto with Daisy Duck? Would the kids love it or would it eat them all? Um, I'm just excited let's to find see the out. Scene. I'm just excited to see the scene where people hop in those little hamster balls and they get kicked around by Bronos. Well, you know, it's it's so the Brontos can play football. You know, it's for the international audience. That'll be in the South American release of the film. Goal! The South America one will have the uh, Vavuzalasaurus. You know. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got another bit of feedback. I forget who it's from, and I don't have the email right in front of me. If it was you, I apologize, but I did read it, and I will say it. Uh, when are you guys going to start giving some love for Agent Carter? And he's, they've got a point. We haven't mentioned Agent Carter coming up here at all. But uh, the tales of uh, Agent Carter, um, Peggy Carter, from originally Captain America, the first Avenger, we learned in, oh, which movie was it that had that one shot? Uh, Wasn't it Captain America? Was it Captain America that had the one shot after it? We end up learning that uh, Peggy Carter becomes the first director of S.H.I.E.L.D., which yeah. you would think means that there's going to be a whole bunch of stories around her. And indeed, they've decided to order a half season of shows uh, concerning her. And I'm really excited for this for a lot of reasons, not the least of which because I would love to give tons of love to Haley Atwell. She's freaking gorgeous. I, I Wow. That, yeah, wow. Which is why we haven't brought it up till now, because then you have that awkward knowledge just out there well and also i think the main reason why we haven't brought it up is because squishy has talked a lot about it on on his moving picture show um which you can also pick up here at solandroids.com so um we we try to let him take a lot of that news so yes this is true he does it a lot better than we do, per- to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> he but no, um, the actresses. you're right. We haven't really brought it up. We should have. Um, we're excited. I'm excited. Are you guys excited? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it should be pretty good. I, I'm, uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm actually quite excited to have a strong female hero in this universe, finally. Uh, not just because I have an incredible crush on Haley Atwell. Wait, you're not... You're, you're forgetting about Black Widow? I mean, she, granted, she didn't have her own movie or show, but she still is a strong character. Yeah, she's a spy. She's not necessarily a hero. And I, okay. yeah, I know that's splitting hairs because technically Peggy Carter is an intelligence officer as well, but. AKA spy. <laughs> Dude, <Dude-shit. laughs> Just saying. <laughs> 
Did you just say touche or douche? Uh, either is appropriate. <laughs> douche. It's like a French douche. Tomatoes okay. <laughs> into our into our headlines, which have nothing to do with any of the feedback we just received. Let's start off with a really interesting um, little factoid here that came out this week. It turns out that Google has been selling a lot of Chromebooks, which is news to me. But it's not only sold a lot of Chromebooks, it outsold the iPad in U.S. schools. That's less of a surprise. And, and I'll get into why here in a second, but Schmidt, it looks like you want to say something. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, 715,000 Chromebooks as opposed to 702,000 iPads. It, it's not a huge margin, but it, they still beat them nonetheless. So. Well, it is a huge margin if you consider that the U.S. education system has been Apple's playground yeah. since the Apple IIe. Apple has always run this strategy of giving a steep, steep discount to schools for all of their equipment. The idea being that if schools will teach kids to use Apple products, then kids will be more apt to use Apple products when they leave school. The one factor in all that is that Apple has been missing the fact that these kids don't immediately make $75,000 when they leave school. (laughs) So they can't afford apples. What I find interesting is that my kids' school, there are no Apple products in there. Uh, They have Chromebooks and Kindles. Yeah, same with mine. Um, in fact, my first grader surprised me. I mean, I I have a I have a fifth grader, I have a third second grader, and I have a first grader. Okay, and I know that my fifth grader has been doing a lot of computer stuff. That's that's expected. But it surprised me when my first grader came home and said, "Oh yeah, I learned about this really interesting story. I didn't get to the end of it though because I had to turn my Chromebook off and we had to go on to a different project." I was like, "Wait, what?" Bummer. <laughs> I, well, I was flabbergasted, okay? But at the same time, here's why I think it's not that surprising. You give a kid a tablet. What goes through your mind? Are you giving oh, it to geez. them? Here, here watch a movie. I'm afraid they're going to drop it. Well, okay, but you, know, you give a kid a tablet in the car. Here, watch a movie. Play a game. You know, read something maybe. You know, it's a toy. It's something to just keep them entertained. There are some learning and educational games on there. Certainly. Certainly there are. I am not discounting that at all. But the idea of a Chromebook is basically a cheap computer that if they destroy, it kind of sucks, but it's a lot better than if they destroyed your $2,000 gaming machine, right? But it still teaches them typing. It still teaches them how to use a computer. An iPad doesn't teach them any of that. You don't learn anything about how to use a computer from an iPad. No. And it's it's a $200 versus $380. So it's easier to swallow for a school budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not really that surprising, I think. No. Not at all. <laughs> what is worrisome to me, and well, this isn't in the headline, but I find it kind of interesting. My, my fifth grader, who also uses the Chromebooks was telling us about a project he had to do at school. And he and everyone in his class all have email addresses set up through the school and Gmail. And they had to use Google Docs to create a PowerPoint presentation, a slideshow presentation, and a spreadsheet, and a Word document, and all this different stuff using Google Docs. So in a very shrewd way, Google is getting them hooked early on their services, right? Nice. Which is very cool. I have no problems with that. As many problems as I might have with Google, I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is, is that when we as adults use Google services, we do it within the back of our mind knowing that Google is indexing our usage. 
all of our materials, everything we do, Google tracks it. We're, we are metrics to them. I'm not really comfortable with the idea of that being said for my kids. Well, <clears throat> but you know I, they are. I mean, we're all just in the Google sphere. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming, and this is, I have to stress that, assuming that they have the kids in a protected account where they are, even though it's email handled by Google, it's protected to just that school or just that class or just that grade and that the teacher has administrative rights over it. I have to say assuming because I have never seen one single paper come home talking about the computer system or explaining (laughs) the privacy issues or any of that. Right. They send me home a freaking Bible every time that it's immunization season because people are always up in arms about that, but I haven't seen a single thing about the computer lab. Yeah. Can't send home Bibles, dude. Separation of church and state. <laughs> I, I'm, I've always been an advocate of, of Google's use of data for the purpose of advertising because I'd rather get an, an advertisement that is relevant to me. Um, how much more relevant are the advertisements going to be to me if they had my data all the way going back you know, to when I was a six-year-old? A lot more useful than when they started getting my data, what, when I was age 22? Not me. I'd have nothing but boobies everywhere. <laughs> See, they, don't, they know nothing of my Magic the Gathering days. They know nothing of my Zork days. They know nothing of my Oregon Trail. No, no. They, I started <laughs> they playing probably still again. do. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know what I'm talking about? There, there's, a lot, there's a huge chunk of my life, two-thirds of it, that they know nothing about. See, yeah, but I'm okay same- with that. I, I'm okay with that, too, because my kids might come home and it's TV time after they do their homework, right? And they're watching, uh, I don't know, some channel, insert kid channel here. Nickelodeon. Uh, sure, Nickelodeon. And they're smart, okay? Those advertising agencies are smart. They know what time kids come home from school versus when the younger kids are still home because the older kids are at school. And I, my kids have been sick a lot this last week. I have been sick. So I've stayed home with them. And we had the, the turkey season. We had Thanksgiving season, so I was home with them anyway. And if you watch TV with them throughout the day, you'll see the advertisements change as they expect different kids to go off to school and different kids to come back from school. You'll see the advertisements change to reflect that. Funny, I don't see that because we're on Netflix. So, yeah, but but bear with me here. How much more damage? And, and the kids always turn to the same thing. Oh, I want that. I want that. It's all they can yeah. talk about. How much worse is, would it be if they then had all that metric data on every kid? Yeah. So, well, it, 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 I would say that it's better that they have data that you know they know my daughter likes Polly Pocket, so they're not going to give her a micro machine ad. I don't even know if micro machines are still around, but you see what I'm saying? The micro machine ad. She's going to be bored and she's going to be running off and. And, and doing something else instead of sticking around watching because it gave her a micro machine ad. You know what I mean? So I, I still think there's a value to targeted ads. It's not 100% a bad thing like everyone makes it out to be. I want to bring I, up something here, Schmidt. You said you don't get the targeted advertising, so to speak, because you have Netflix, but you still do. No, 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 no. I, Net, I mean, you're not getting the, the corporate advertising like from McDonald's or from Hasbro. Well, I get but, targeted ads from Amazon and Google all the time. Yeah, but yeah. With, I mean, with Netflix, Netflix is convinced that I'm an eight-year-old girl. <laughs> you don't have a different separate profile set up. We do, have, but we have older Roku's that don't have that, and oh. so my kids with their older Roku's will watch Curious George or whatever the case may be, and it's on my profile. But you know, you're still Netflix still comes and says, "Oh well, he watches this, so because of this, he's got interests in this and this and this and this." No, I know. Yeah, I, I brought up Netflix as a point to say that I I don't get commercials and commercials put across by local broadcasting 
those aren't targeted ads. Yeah, they're targeted demographically, but they're not targeted to you specifically. Whereas if I'm browsing the internet, Google and, and Amazon, I just brought up, you know, if you go to Amazon.com, they know what you've been searching for. They know what you've been buying. They know what to target you for. So that's termination. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. I want to know what everyone else thinks. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Let us know, you know, kind of your thoughts. The fact that it's outpacing the iPad, though, I think is a good thing. Uh, not a great thing uh, is that Apple may be in trouble with how it handles certain iTunes functions, I will say loosely. Uh, It has come up in court this week that many people have evidence of music brought into iTunes. Say, let's give you a usage case scenario, because that's the best way to explain this. You bought music on Amazon. okay? You downloaded it to your computer. You imported it into iTunes um, and synced it over to your iPod. And all of a sudden, iTunes would throw an error saying, sorry, we have to reset your iPod, but it's okay because you have a backup. And for anyone who has an iOS device, they're very familiar with this. It happens occasionally. Every time you plug your iOS device in, iTunes creates a backup and then will sync it. And if anything happens during the sync, it can always wipe the device entirely, restore from backup. It's really, really smooth. It's really, you know, very seamless. might take a little while, but it's pretty seamless. However, people now have evidence that during that backup and restore it deleted the Amazon music. Any non-iTunes music, yeah. Yeah, any, in this instance, in this you know example I'm giving is Amazon. But yeah, any non-iTunes music was suddenly gone from your music playlist entirely. Um, now, at first I'm thinking, well, that seems awfully shady. How didn't anyone catch that? And then I remembered when my mom was staying with us while she was undergoing some cancer treatments, she had an iPod and I had to help her set up and my poor mother has an iTunes account and an Amazon account and I don't know many many other sources of music that she buys music from and she had to figure out a way to get them all into her iTunes and all onto her iPod and we had this happen four separate times she was convinced it was her computer I was kind of convinced it was her computer her laptop's really old it barely runs and so I was kind of convinced oh it's just it's having problems with iTunes but after I read the story I realized it may have been iTunes actually yeah I'm gonna go with it probably was iTunes kind of shady <laughs> well and, and do they have a right to do that I mean it, I realize that's why they're going to court but it's their device their software do they have a right it's to- not their device you buy it when you buy it it becomes your device but it's running on an operating system that they created. The software's all theirs, right? I mean... But you purchased a license for that. Let's switch it over here, okay? You buy a Windows computer, and then instead of buying Microsoft's version of PDF Maker, you go out and buy Adobe Acrobat Pro. And suddenly your computer has a glitch and needs to reboot. And when you reboot, Acrobat Pro is gone because Windows deleted it. Okay? That's your computer. You bought the license both for Windows and for Acrobat Pro. It has no right to delete that, which is why computers don't do that. That's true, yeah. So you bought the device, you bought the iTunes music, and you bought the music from whatever other source. It has no right to get rid of it. Yeah. You know, this actually reminds me a few years ago when Amazon had a conflict with some of George Orwell's descendants or something regarding ebook royalties. And anybody who had purchased ironically, 1984, or I believe it was Animal Farm, Amazon went onto their Kindle and actually removed the book from their device. This and then more, well, and, and more recently, 
in kind of a reverse case, but still that that invasion of your own machine. All of a sudden, people just a few months ago suddenly had U2's newest album showing up in their iOS device. Yeah. They're like, what? We Like, some people took offense to it. We don't listen to U2. <laughs> what? There's people that don't listen to U2? I mean, well, on one hand, it's like, okay, cool. Hey, free stuff. Yeah. On the other hand, what right did you have to shove something onto my device? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I so, think, you know, if it's your device, you shouldn't, unless it is part of an update that's very plainly stated, this is a function of the OS. <laughs> your device will now play U2. Yes. <laughs> well, that that manufacturers should not be able to go in and mess with your stuff. That's what happened to Verizon phones. I get an update, and now I have a new app on my phone that's that Verizon wanted me to have. Is it a well, blockbuster we'll, app? It we'll get into that, actually. We'll get into that in a second. But I want to finish up on some other Apple news here. Uh, this one's a little bit more interesting. There is currently a new patent that came out uh, for Apple that will reorient your phone during freefall. Now, I haven't looked at the patent itself because I don't want to spoil it. But I'd imagine that inside of your device is a miniature cat that will manage to flip itself around and in the process flip the device around as well to land on its feet. In fact, on the screen, a, a, the Im- an image of the cat that's actually in your phone pops up. And he meows while it's falling. So it's more of a <laughs> <laughs> um, warning. Uh, you don't want to hear the sound the cat makes when you get your iOS device wet. <laughs> this is actually pretty ingenious. I, I mean, they're able. To, well, they, they're saying that they're able to during a fall with using gyroscopes, accelerometers, um, and then some ultrasonic technology, which hasn't been put into phones yet. So they'll have to put that in the phones first. They're, they're able to determine exactly how far the phone is away from the ground. And by how it's spinning, they'll be able to determine exactly where on the ground the phone is going to hit and, and if it's going to damage anything on the phone, like the screen or the camera. Um, and then with a little motor, kind of like the, the motors you have in game controllers for you know, rumble or vibrations, whatever, uh, it'll rotate the phone so that it will hit a non-volatile part of the phone. It won't crack your screen. I, I think this is brilliant. It is, actually is brilliant when you also consider that the phone already has most of these things. Yeah. Electronic devices already have freefall sensors. If you have a laptop newer than five years old, chances are really good that your hard drive has a freefall sensor in it. So uh, 70, fo- 2007, they started doing that. Yeah, so. exactly. Phones already have accelerometers. They already have gyroscopes. And they already have a vibrating motor. Mm-hmm. Or as a, a motor with, uh, let's see here, how did they word it? Um uh, a motor with an eccentric mass, basically a motor with the mass that's been set offside from the axis. So when it spins, it vibrates. That's the vibration function of your phone. Yeah. It can impart torque onto your phone. You've seen it all the time. Your phone's on a smooth mm-hmm. surface. It vibrates and it starts to turn. So a lot of the, a lot of the device, a lot of the devices needed for this are already in the phone. Yeah. Now well, that all being said, bigger, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, I know you're right. Uh, that all being said. Half of the patents that Apple gets never come to fruition. No, a lot of they the times, sit on them so, for licensing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them they patent just because hey, we had this idea and we need to jump on it in case anyone else had the same idea. Sometimes they jump on it because it seemed like something that we'd use, and it turns out we didn't. And sometimes they jump on it just as a red herring to throw people off. So yeah, you know, some other cool parts of the of the patent that I really liked were actual airfoils in the phone that would stick out to increase drag. 
uh, seems a little more far-fetched than, than than the first part of the patent. I'll tell you what. <laughs> there's nothing worse than having to repack the chute for your phone. I mean, really. <laughs> yeah, you know, you throw it off a building, you want it to land softly. Um, hey, actually, that would be kind of cool here, and here's why. Okay, our next headline is about the modular phone. Oh, I, I want to talk about one more feature, though. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> the, the one feature that... that I would have, it would actually say, have saved one of my phones about three years ago. I dropped a phone once when I had the earphones plugged in, and it landed on the plug that the phone was plugged into. And ever since then, I could not plug headphones into it because it broke the jack. Um, part of this patent is that they would use um, internal mechanisms that would jettison the headphone cable in a freefall event, so that wouldn't happen. It would not ruin your jack. I, I thought that part was pretty cool. I just had to include that. So you would actually push the the headphone cable out. If it could do it at just the right moment to use it as upward thrust, you know, to kind of <laughs> pop it negate back up into your hand. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, okay. So project area, uh, that was that uh, really ambitious Kickstarter that went in that then got bought up by Motorola and Google uh, for the modular phone. Turns out there's another manufacturer who's jumping into the fray called puzzle phone. Now, if you need uh, a quick refresher here, the idea of a modular phone, uh, think of buying a baseboard. It's a smartphone baseboard, and you can get whatever modules you want. You want the 6-inch screen. Well, buy the 6-inch screen module and snap it on there. You want the faster processor. Uh, You take a lot of photos, so you need storage and a really good camera. You take no photos, so don't put on the camera. Put on a a faster processor and some more memory or or whatever. You can really make it your way. Well, PuzzleFone is hoping to also go in there, and it looks pretty sleek. Yeah, they they're trying to simplify it a little more by only using three parts um, instead of uh, 16, I don't know. But uh, they give you, uh, they're basically giving each three parts a, a name, the spine, the heart, and the brain. The spine is basically, you know, the, the skeleton. It includes the screen. The brain includes the uh, uh, the CPU, all the main electronics. And then the heart would be everything else, you, you know, speakers, battery, any other gadgets would, would be attached to that. So... They're, they're trying to simplify it a little more, and I think uh, it would. I, I think it'd be better for software compatibility. So, we'll I, I think it'd be better for marketing, and here's why: Project Aria is really cool, and wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, but wouldn't would it also be a nightmare? <laughs> and, and here's why I say this: Here's a fact for everyone out there: Building your own computer is as easy as pie. It is so simple, and here's why. Everything inside a computer can only go into one thing, one other spot, and it can only go in one way. If it's not fitting, it's because it doesn't go there or it doesn't go in that way. It's the truth. Yeah, It's just, just how it is. Despite that, the sheer amount of options you have presented to you when building a computer um, is a little bit mind-boggling for some people. It and makes daunting. it seem... Yeah, daunting. It makes it seem complicated to them. Also, there used to be so many manufacturers that you could go out anywhere, buy anything, buy any parts, and you know, build whatever you wanted. But some of them went out of business because there were so many. So imagine that now with phone parts. Mm-hmm. It's simple, but very confusing to most people. They make it harder than it needs to be. There's just too many options they don't understand. Uh, maybe there's so many options for CPU that the company that isn't making as many goes out of business, and we lose that potential competitor. So in the end, there's only two companies anyway. What's the point of having modular phones, then, if there's only two companies making the different modules? You might as well right. just buy you know, a different phone. Um, the reason I, I 
jokingly segued to this subject because wouldn't it be cool if you did actually have a parachute to protect your phone and it was just a module that you could replace just with each use? <laughs> yeah. Kind, right. kind of a little airbag that's attached to a rip cord. If you drop it, it pulls the pulls the cord and airbag if deploys. If it's in free fall for more than a second, it actually deploys some kind of airbag like uh, from um, Demolition Man. You know, just that, <laughs> that hard foam that encases the... Yeah. Or put, you know, you need like to patent drone, that before Apple gets on it. propellers and starts you, flying around. You actually just brought up a really good point, Zook, and I hadn't considered this, but you know, obviously as geeks, we like to build our own stuff. We like to have as much control over our tech as possible. We so tweak I, things. Yeah, and so I see this being very, very desirable for our kind. How do you think this would catch on with those not of our kind? Well, do it you depends. Think, do you if think there's that, a fashionable module... And I don't say that mockingly. I, no, I don't. I don't. I really no, don't. I, I know exactly what you mean. Does this come in gold? What about with rhinestones? I, you know, if, the, if they do it right, it, I think it depends on the manufacturer. If they do it right, and they, they said specifically that they're not going to release the SDK until the phone is actually released and has been around for a while. Um, so it sounds like they're on the right track for this. If they release um, the you know, very limited number of spines, hearts, and brains, <laughs> that's really what calling <laughs> That's that. the weirdest thing we've ever <laughs> said on this show. <laughs> Um, we need more brains. You know what? One of one of the biggest um, uh, one of the biggest reasons people shy away from Android is because there are so many different phones out there. This phone yeah. has this kind of processor. This phone has the better phone or better camera. This this one has a better graphics. Um, I mean, we're benchmarking all these phones, and we're we're seeing you know a huge array of different metrics on all these. How much more appealing would it be for someone to go to one manufacturer and say, "Here, here's one phone." Um, and you can get in this same phone, you can swap out, you can have a 10 megapixel camera, you can have a 14 megapixel camera, you can have a battery that lasts 10 hours, but with, with this awesome speaker, or you don't, if you don't want a speaker, you can have a battery that lasts 18 hours. You know, they have fewer options. I I think what Schmidty's trying to say, and I, and I agree with him is, and I'm going to speak in a parable here or not a parable, but a simile, think of it like a car. Okay. If you're a hardcore car fanatic, you can sit out in your garage and ruin your marriage by building your own, right? And you'll have every option available to it. You can put whatever frame you want, which brake, suspension, motor. You could wire up special timing or – and I'm screwing this all up because I'm not actually a car guy. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can get that granular into it. Or you can go to a dealership where a base model has already been built for you and you can pick out options, and that's what the layman likes. That's what the rest of the population like. They like these floor mats. I want the body-colored side panels. I want the turn signals on my side-view mirrors. I want the bug repellent on the front. And that's what it's going to be for these phones as well. I have a base Android. But I wanted the super strong vibration motor because I never feel my phone go off. And I wanted this one with the nicer camera. And I really like this back plate because I think it just speaks to me more than the stock one. And... I sometimes like to listen to this with my friends, so I got the module with two headphone out jacks or, or whatever. Yeah. You know, The base model still keeps the same CPU. It keeps the guts, but just it's the extra little features that they want changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. yeah, exactly. I mean, you, could, you could go, you look at the S5 or the G3 or the HTC One. Uh, you, you buy one of those, and you can't tweak anything on it, whereas you pick up one of these, and you can say, okay, I'll, I'll pick up these different... Um, you know these different modules, and if they're hot swappable, they could even market it that way. Or like, oh, for business, you can get the brain module with the the credit card scanner, 
And then when you're at home, you swap it out with this one with the 14 megapixel camera to take pictures of your kids, you know? So it, it seems like it would be more uh, friendly to, to people living, living multiple, well, not multiple lives, but, you know, multiple facets of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Probably those people too. That, you think this is something that, that your mom's going to get into though? You think, because you use the car analogy, Zook, and I like that because I, I think, you know, you got the old lady who wants to get the nice leather seats and you got the old fat dude who wants a big trunk that he can dispose of his quote unquote waste management um, issues. The dead and, bodies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't want the mafia after me. Please don't come kill me. Um, but do you think that this is something that non tech people would actually jump all over? Do you see this as being successful? Um, perhaps. I mean, if they have different base models, you know, if you just consider it a base model, so, so you think maybe well, okay. if they do it more like cars, if they market it more like cars, where, okay, here's your base, here's your options. Well, yeah. I think, honestly, they'll probably end up marketing it more like laptops. Okay? okay. Here are four different bases for this laptop. And after you've bought the laptop and after you've bought the base, if you want, you can upgrade the hard drive. And if you want, you can upgrade the memory. But you're probably not going to be able to upgrade the CPU or the graphics. You could even upgrade. I mean, if you want to get really down to it, you could upgrade the keyboard and the screen and the webcam. Depending on how granular you want to go, you can tear down a laptop and upgrade a whole lot. But you can't upgrade certain things. It's just built that way. Yeah. Or if you want to keep it just how it was when you bought it, that's an option too. So Fair enough. I, I actually see this making it huge in the enterprise. And here's why. We need to move on, but this is my last thought on it. Back in the day, Blackberries used to come in all sorts of different flavors. And here's why. Um, businesses didn't like cameras. They didn't want a camera phone inside the business. They th- saw it as a security risk. And so business phones, and, and BlackBerry wasn't the only one. Uh, Handspring and Trio had to do the same thing. They would release their models with no cameras on the back. But they weren't making enough money, so they had to stop doing that. And businesses just had to learn to adapt to have phones that had cameras on the back of them to come in. Now, however, with the modular phone, businesses can say, we don't want a camera. Get that out. Instead, we want a security chip. We want a biometric sensor, so you have to use a fingerprint to access it. Or we want encrypted data. Yeah. Put that in there instead. That'd be so, big. Yeah. That'd be huge. Um, okay, so sorry about that. We stayed longer on that than I expected. Let's go into some other mobile news. Samsung. Samsung, uh, we've talked about their Galaxy S5 and the failure it has had to sell. Quick recap, their numbers are 40% lower than they were last year. I believe, and their profits were 60% lower than last year. That's bad. That's really bad, uh, and that's right in the middle of when Apple is suddenly selling a massive amount of iPhones. Well, um, it has cost three executives their jobs. Yeah, and this uh, is something we talked about last week as being rumored that this could happen, and I think it was within a day or two of yeah, us of us actually mentioning that the rumors were showing that this was a possibility we got three people looking for jobs. Now, two of them, not really surprising when you hear their jobs. You have the head of the mobile business unit's strategic marketing office. Okay, well, if your newest flagship phone with all the bells and whistles aren't selling well, it makes sense that perhaps the strategic marketing office might have something to do with that. Sure, get rid of the head. Um, the next guy, uh, the There's guy in charge... keynote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a really bad keynote. It comes in blue. We chose blue because it evokes a great feeling. Buy this phone. Um, by the way, if you're not familiar, that basically was the keynote. I just gave it to you. Um, and the other guy was uh, the guy in charge of mobile research and development. 
Okay, those two positions kind of make sense. It sounds like, yeah, they probably had some blame in this. But the other one was chief of global operations. Mm. That seems like a really big position to be letting go because of a phone. Maybe it's not. Maybe I don't know how their, their internal structure is, but it seems kind of big. Well, it is their flagship device. True. I love the uh, the subtitle here, the, the caption. Uh, the Samsung Galaxy S5 is to phone flagships what the RMS Titanic was to actual ships. <laughs> the biggest, all the features, hit by an iceberg. <laughs> yeah, they, they were doing well for a while there. It's kind of kind of sad to see them tank like this. Well, and it's interesting, too, because the S5, from what I can tell, my mom's got one, and I've played with it a bit, but it's not a bad phone. Well, Colin has one, and, and he gave us his benchmarking stats, and yeah, you're right, it's not a bad phone. It's just not so head and shoulders above the rest of the phones to warrant... No. Well, and I, I think the biggest fault, going back to the keynote, uh, they touted the software, their own software, more than they did the hardware. They didn't... In fact, in the keynote, I don't even think they spoke one thing about the hardware except, except but it's blue except for well the fact that it's blue and and the camera i think they only talked about the camera they didn't bring up any of the other specs which they didn't even bring up the camera they brought up the heartbeat sensor under the camera oh yeah <laughs> so i mean like granted most consumers don't worry about you know hardcore metrics but it shows you that their focus was kind of misplaced people don't care about the samsung software they just want a good phone. No one cares about a feature uh, for your phone that'll automatically scroll down a web page tracking your eyes. That's dumb. Want to know why it's dumb? Because people are reading from the center of the screen. It was cool for about the two minutes that I was trying it out and then disabled it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but they, they touted that so much. The features like hover your hand over your phone in order to turn on the screen. Okay. Well, no, no, the, the the swipe over the over the camera to answer a phone call that has come in handy, so don't knock that entirely. <laughs> I, I've used that a couple times when my hands were dirty, and so. Oh, on your S five? No, on my S four. Because they they put, oh, remember they so, put the changes to the S four when they released the S five. So all those cool things on the S five you could also get on an S four. You didn't have to go out and buy the brand new phone. Right. Well, oh, I wonder why no one went out and bought the marketing. I wonder why no one bought the brand new phone. That's amazing. <laughs> Hey, but I think the, we just solved a mystery. The software there. update for the S4 didn't give it waterproofness, though. So that uh... so if you drop <laughs> your phone in the toilet, you're still screwed. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Schmitty, which phone did you get instead of the S5? I got the LG G3. Oh yeah, hey. <laughs> hey, isn't that amazing? Okay. Um, all hey, right. Hey, you guys got Lollipop yet? Yes. Okay, just checking. Nope. <laughs> he had to root his phone to get it. Not just Lollipop. I have a Cyanogen Lollipop. Nice. Which is why my phone now benchmarks higher than yours. Okay, more Google News. This one's a little bit <laughs> tricky here. You got real smug real quick there. That was fun. Yeah, I'm Japanese. A he has to keep reimaging his phone every week well, now. So I don't have to keep doing it. I've just <laughs> done it three times in the last 36 hours. Um, <laughs> CAPTCHAs. We all know them. We all hate them. Anyone who says they don't hate CAPTCHAs doesn't know what we're talking about. So Any- let's educate you. Anyone who doesn't hate them is a bot. Yeah, because they all know how to get through it. I don't hate them because it keeps our site secure. So, there. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, not our site, but I'm our a web developer. I love CAPTCHAs, CAPTCHAs, actually. I love CAPTCHAs I'm, as a web developer. Okay, so a CAPTCHA. Um, squiggly text that humans can't read. The idea being that computers can't either. So, if you throw a CAPTCHA in front of it, the computer can't sign in because it can't recognize what the code is. 
And if anyone is uh, who's developed captures is to believe this thing could defeat Ultron, okay? But the fact of the matter is, is that OCR software, uh, which is the software that looks at text and identifies what it says, has gotten better and better and better. The only way to combat this is more aggressive CAPTCHAs that are harder and harder to read. Well, the problem is, if you've made it harder and harder for a computer to read, you have inherently made it impossible for a human to read. What's more is a lot of more people are doing their browsing on mobile devices, which oftentimes don't show CAPTCHAs correctly at all. So, Google is trying to do away with it with a very interesting method where... I'm not even sure I quite understand this. There's a whole different API that can use pictures for captures instead, where it'll show, um, and the example they have is there's a picture of a cat, and it says, select all the images below that match this one, and it's a collection of cats and dogs and looks like some lemon balm. Um, <laughs> and a guinea pig. And you are to pick the pictures of the cats. Yeah. Now... So they're using more of a... Um a subjective selection rather than, you know, you're just identifying numbers. They'll say, hey, click the picture of the cute thing, and then a robot can't do that, supposedly. So. Well, and here's here's where this kind of screws with me a bit, okay? I understand what they're doing with it, and it's pretty cool. Also, this kind of uh, this development would also make it much easier to do on a touchscreen phone. Yeah. And, you know, it just works a lot better. But even in the example they give, I see a lot of problems with it. For instance, select all the images below that match this one. And it's a picture of a cat with no background. Well, I only see one picture there that matches it. Okay, well, if you want to get specific, none of well, those match it. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, yeah. people are subjective. That's what we are. Now, now what is it I, asking for? Am I supposed to match the exact species, in which case there are three of those cats which are the same species? Am I supposed to match the cat's reaction, in which case there are two of them that match One, the really. count the dog? <laughs> um, or do you, are you supposed to match it with what it likes to eat? And, uh, you'd click on the catnip, you know? So, what, what about the one with just no background? What about the one showing its paws? That doesn't match it at all. His eyes are closed and his yeah. paws are up. That doesn't match. Would I fail that CAPTCHA? Well, this is why I think it's completely subjective. I think in, in, in a case like this, it would accept four or five different answers. And then you'd say, well, that's not very secure. A robot could guess, and, and since there's nine options and, and four of them are correct, it get it has a 40-ish percent chance of getting 40 it 40-ish. So, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Maths. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, humans are... We have a bit of subjectivity about us. Robots don't. So I, I, I think this will work better than we think. I think... I mean, once we see it in action, we'll we'll probably understand a little bit more about how it's supposed to work. So, yeah, um, I'd be interested know. to see how like the T one thousand handles this. <laughs> he just shoots the cat. <laughs> 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 he, he would go back in time and destroy the developer who first thinks of this. <laughs> um, no okay. captures ever. Awesome. Well, he'd try, but unfortunately, to uh, to access the time machine to go back in time, you have to first enter a CAPTCHA. Come with me if you want to enter this website. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, this headline I read. I saw someone added it to our uh, our show notes. I read it to myself, and I literally laughed out loud. Hard. <laughs> okay? I couldn't help it. Um, and I'll read it to you now. And I realize it's a geeky headline, but Gangnam Style overflows int max forces youtube to go 64 bit okay this requires a whole i mean if you're a coder or you have any idea what that means you understand why that's so funny 
not everyone is, and that's fine. I get that. Here's why it's funny. Int max is the maximum value a 32-bit integer in a computer can be. It's something like uh, 2 billion, 180-something million, blah, 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 million, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I'm going off the top of my head. <laughs> well, YouTube, when it was first built, never thought any, any video would ever hit that number. And so it stored the view count in a 32-bit integer. The underestimated the Gangnam style. <laughs> yeah, Gangnam style has hit 2 billion views. Whoop, um, <laughs> and it's probably going to keep going. So they, had, they were forced to upgrade their systems in order to keep up with it. So it's now 64-bit. If you're wondering, 64-bit integers max int uh, is somewhere around 9, 9 quintillion. quintillion. 223 quadrillion, 372 trillion, 36 billion. Yeah. You get yeah, they estimate that they should be good for another 8 billion years. Now, interestingly, if they hadn't updated when they hit max int or int max, the next video, the next view would have actually flipped it. So it would have become negative 2 billion, 100, blah, 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 blah. And then it would have counted back up to zero to then start going up again. <laughs> um Interesting bit of trivia. Unix machines use the same 32-bit integer uh, way of counting time, which means that in the next few years, they're going to have to figure out a way around that or else everyone's going to be back in 1970. Yeah, by 2038. Now, fortunately, mo most of the computers that we use today have been fixed. They use 64-bit now, but there are going to be a lot of systems that still use that 32-bit integer that after 2038 are either going to stop working or misfunction or who knows what. Yep. So. Okay, um, so, video game news. Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed. The game I can't figure out all the hubbub about, and that Schmitty loses entire months <laughs> playing. Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one then. Um, yeah, so the next, <laughs> <laughs> the next Assassin's Creed. If you're going to make fun of it, I'll do it. Yeah, don't, 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 don't trash my game, okay? Why you got to be like that? Just announced that Assassin's Creed will be set in Victorian London. This is 19th century London, um, and I... I'm really excited for this. The only this was a big surprise because in previous Assassin's Creeds, they've hinted um, in the codexes about other locations like Egypt, um, India again. So I mean, this is this is a surprise. They've been able to keep it a surprise until now, um, but it looks gorgeous. And some of the gameplay was released um, or leaked, I should say, not released. Um, and they actually had to apologize for it. We're like, we're sorry, mostly for our fans. Because this isn't actually what it's going to look like. This is they they rendered this gameplay on the current uh, uh, on their current uh, oh, what's it called game engine, uh, and so they they apologize to their fans. I'm like, we're sorry that we we don't mean to lower your, your expectations like this because the game's going to look a lot better. So, <laughs> in fact, the characters will all have their faces. Yeah, they'll they'll actually have some flesh between those eyeballs. <laughs> Uh, the thing that, that's going to really break this game's um, suspension of disbelief for me. Okay, so you are in, you know, Renaissance Italy. Well, sure. Okay, people dressed like that. The, the, the garbs of the assassin aren't totally out of, you know, sync with the garbs of that day. Um, sure. Um, revolutionary America. Uh, it's a little bit weird, but sure. You know, that wasn't entirely unheard of. Victorian England. Yeah, that assassin in that garb is going to stand out pretty easily. I mean, I just look for the one not wearing a hat. He's well, your assassin. Well, well, we can tell that you haven't played any Assassin's Creed past 
the first one, because in uh, especially in Black Flag. Oh, second one. Okay, he's holding up two fingers. Okay. Um, now in, he's flipping in, you off British style, <laughs> Victorian Creed, British style. In Assassin's Creed Four, Black Flag, there it's a the the assassin's garb is a little more piratey, I, and I don't know how better to describe that. Puffy you shirts. Can, you can switch to like an Ezio style um, garb, but I, I think that they're going to try to get it closer to what people wear than, you know, more like a polished black leather. I don't know. I, I, I can't see people having to suspend their belief too much to get it to work because they've done a really good job at blending in so far. Just just my opinion. But you, The hood you is going to look a like point. a top hat. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a top hat hood with like a, a leather rain that, slicker and a cane. It is actually one of the features to blend in. You can actually go to... Um, a, I don't know, like a hat vendor or someone, and buy something to blend in to your surroundings. And and in one of the game clips, it there was a, a top hat. So, tell you what, if uh, if this game allows you to assassinate steampunk people in Victorian England, all sins forgiven. Awesome. <laughs> if that's what it takes to get you to like it, sure. <laughs> all right, and uh, our final headline is kind of an interesting one for the end of the year. It makes sense. Uh, ZDNet has a fun article on tech that died this year. Uh, first one's a little bit close to home. Um, it's Aereo. Mm. Yeah. Um, you can go back and listen to our previous shows talking about that and why it's so sad and why Schmitty... Well, it seems like he's past the rage. He's past the anger. What's the next stage of grief? Acceptance. The sobbing in the corner? That'd be acceptance, sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. Position. <laughs> Fetal yeah. position and tears. He's not making deals yet. Uh, the next one, which we, we talked about early in the year, was Google's mystery barges. You remember those? Yeah. Yeah, they were going to make these huge tech demonstration barges floating just out there in the middle of a bay um, on these rusting trash barges until it was re- revealed that they were entire fire hazards. And they had to shut them down. Now they're being sold for scrap. Not one of their best ideas. Uh, the next one, uh, Samsung's Tizen, or Tizen, we're still not sure how to say that. It's not necessarily dead, but we still haven't seen it. It's been promised now for like two years, and we still have not seen this OS. Yeah. So it might be dead. Uh, the Anonobox Tor router. This promised really good things. <laughs> yeah, and in practice, it's a white box with two holes in it. Two <laughs> ports in it. <laughs> Not holes. But yeah, it's kind of useless. Yeah. It's like one of those uh, things that you plug into your car's cigarette lighter to get better mileage. <laughs> or to get two cigarette lighters. <laughs> those things yeah. work so, so, so well. However, they don't charge my phone. Um, TrueCrypt, uh, which is a drive encryption software, was suddenly no longer supported and then just suddenly gone without an explanation. And it turns out it's because it wasn't uh, actually encrypting things correctly. Uh, it wasn't very uh, secure at all, and it ceased operations. Um, the iPod, the classic iPod, the one with the click wheel, it was retired this year, which I kind of actually... I, I got to give Apple credit where credit is due, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb here to say this, but the click wheel interface was genius for its time. Touch yeah. screens were super expensive and the, the way that the screen technology itself didn't look good. I mean, the, the, the screens you could touch were expensive and the screen itself was almost unreadable. This allowed you the best of both worlds. It wasn't a clunky five way button. Like you saw a lot of them, but yet at the same time, it kind of was, but it was a really, really ingenious way to interact and i wouldn't put it past apple sometime in the next five years to have some kind of retro throwback to the click wheel on some other device yeah you know just some 
you know, I, I think it's funny. They they always talk about in their keynotes, you know, this is revolutionary. This, and I and I think that the click wheel was truly their last revolutionary feature, and probably their first too. So, don't forget the MacBook wheel. That okay. was pretty revolutionary as well. <laughs> you guys can Google that. Um, <laughs> Windows Messenger, Windows Live Messenger, MSN Messenger, whatever you called it, it died this year, um, mainly because I think Microsoft bought Skype. Yep. So it was kind of like, well, why I keep this around? I got to be honest, I didn't even know that was still around. <laughs> yeah, I, I've kind of forgot about it. Um, and I don't know why they threw this one in here, but and Terry's rocket self-destructs. That's not tech that died. Yes, that rocket died spectacularly. This was just a few weeks ago, in fact. Um, but the tech behind it didn't die, and the space program isn't dead. Yeah, that's kind of one of those things too soon. The space program's on an iron lung, but it's not <laughs> dead. Um also interestingly they put google plus on here not because no one's on google plus and no one is not no one's using it but because um the former google employee chris messina who spent three years creating google plus came out and said i effed up so is google (laughs) and when your own designer says that you got to wonder how much internal support there is for the product and finally windows xp finally dead and if you haven't put your windows xp machine out to pasture yet you are failing us it's time let it go your dead puppy in the hall is not coming back just get rid of it (laughs) now out of curiosity if any of our listeners do still uh, have windows xp i want to see a screenshot of you listening to our podcast on your windows xp operating system that would be awesome something to put in our archives (laughs) it can't be a virtual machine though that doesn't count (laughs) All right, into our favorites. We're running long. We're running super long here. Mine comes from Japan, okay? My family's homeland. Um, If you don't speak Japanese, it's okay. You'll still get the gist of this. I speak just cursory Japanese. Uh, It's hilarious regardless. The the country's largest LTE company, um, I forget the name of it now, um, NTT.como or something, um, they want to tell you how fast LTE is. The, the idea they're trying to give you is how much better everything is when done faster. So they have a typical Japanese cooking show, and they're going to teach you how to make fried shrimp. It looks gorgeous. Uh, and so one of the presenters is getting ready to show you how to do this, and the other one says, no, no, I have a much better way. And she shows the younger presenter how to do it fast. And it is Awesome. The hard rock music in the middle really makes it, in my opinion. And then they go on to say, um, you know, what the nutritional value is of it. Isn't it better when it's fast? And next week, we're going to make gyoza. (laughs) So check it out. It is worth it, if only for the younger actress's reactions. That makes me hungry. Um, But what doesn't make me hungry is my video. Uh, In fact, this will take away hunger. I actually watched this while eating lunch and couldn't finish my lunch. Uh, This is brought to you by the the slow-mo guys uh, from the U.K., Um, they they filmed an electric bug zapper in slow motion and show a housefly getting zapped uh, and it is it is gross but awesome so check it out and since we were talking about Assassin's Creed earlier in the show I thought I'd throw some Assassin's Creed awesomeness in the mix here uh, you may have seen it you may have not but there were some parkour guys and I guess they do this for every release of the or at least the recent releases of the games. But there were some parkour guys dressed up as assassins running through the streets of Paris. And it's really pretty awesome. But the awesome thing about it is the the behind-the-scenes video, which I've also linked to. And there are some additional behind-the-scenes videos which show them actually running from the police. 
because a lot of what they do, they say it's not illegal. However, I was talking with a guy today who lived in Paris, and he's pretty sure there's trespassing laws that were being broken there. Uh, so, but it is very entertaining, very cool, and yeah, if I were to do what they do, I'm pretty sure I'd be dead. Were they also missing their textures? They had no faces. It was really weird. <laughs> Just floating eyeballs and teeth. All right. You're not um, going to live that down. <laughs> nope. Nope, it's not. Hey, um, we want to thank you for listening. Again, feedback at StolenDroids.com. We want to hear what you're thinking. Or give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Well, we will go ahead and put your voicemail on the air, so long as it's appropriate. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. And until next time, cheers. And a wine. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.